Hello and welcome back to Midweek Mom Talk on 360 Talk Radio for Women. I'm Dr. Jackie and on today's episode we have a very cool interview with Jamie, Jamie Middleman. Hi Jamie. She's hey. waving as you all can't see, but she <laughs> waved. <laughs> yes, we are on the radio. <laughs> It's a learning curve. It's a learning curve. You think I get this by now, right? (laughs) Yes. And you say that because you have a podcast. So we're going to be talking to Jamie about her podcast and business and just about her. So before I get into anything else, it is great to meet you. Awesome to meet you too. Excited to be here. (laughs) Thank you. Even even virtually, it's great to meet. Um, So yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast and the backstory behind it how did you come up with the idea and then also it's called flame bearers right so is there like a story behind the name yeah totally so a um, little background flame bearers is the first and only global storytelling platform specifically for women olympians and paralympians so we are the only media organization out there that is specifically telling these women's stories. In terms of why this is needed, less than 4% of all media coverage when it goes to athlete goes to women athletes. So it's just insane. And then if you look at who gets covered, when you look at that measly 4%, they're all the same people. They're they're pretty much uh, white Caucasian people who play certain sports, who sexually identify certain ways, who practice certain religions, um, who are in certain parts of the world. So we're trying to change that narrative. We're trying to talk to people who play different sports with as many different backgrounds as possible to show different um, different images of what success can be like. Mm-hmm. In terms of how this actually came to fruition, it's kind of a hilarious story. This was actually a COVID adaption. Um, I had been pitching a role to the International Olympic Committee before COVID. And then when COVID happened and the Tokyo Games were postponed for a year, I basically was like, you know what? I'm not waiting a whole nother year. Um, I launched this um, when I was a graduate student at the Harvard Kennedy School, and they gave me funding to do so. So it was kind of off and running and um, had the opportunity to actually go to the Tokyo Games, which is just insane. Wow. Like games that no one was at. It was very surreal and um, borderline creepy because you look out <laughs> stands and there, there's literally no one there. Um, you had like a media pass to be there? Exactly, exactly. That's cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's taken off. So we are now a podcast. We produce short form video content. Um, and we host um, in-person and virtual events. That's really cool. And so Harvard, the school, you went, you had public policy major, right? They sent you to Tokyo, like, or they like provided funding for your whole project, which you then were able to kind of divvy up? Exactly, exactly. So I applied for a grant through what's called the Woman in Public Policy Program. And then I put together a whole budget and um, allocated that across the different costs. Wow. That's so impressive. I'm in awe. I'm like speechless. I have my guiding questions next to me and I like don't know what to say next because I'm so like impressed by you. Don't be that impressed, please. (laughs) I think a lot of it was luck. So that's awesome. So what was, or who, I guess, who was your first interview? Ooh, first interview I ever did was with Nikki Nieves, 
She is a, um, a member of the USA sitting volleyball team. So sitting volleyball is um, the version of volleyball where uh, it's played in the Paralympic Games. So the Paralympic mm -hmm. Games are basically for a lot of people, because there's a lot of common misconceptions around what the Paralympics are. It's essentially um, the Olympics for people with disabilities. So it's para parallel, para is what that means. Um, so the version of volleyball that is played in the Paralympics is sitting because um, a lot of people who don't have movement of their legs or different uh, lower extremity body parts um, can play that game. But Nikki was our first interview um, and it was all about her identity as a Afro-Latina woman. Wow, that's really cool. I actually now I'm thinking like, did I know that Paralympics actually meant like parallel? Right before you said it, I knew it in my head, but I don't think I ever really made that like conscious realization of Paralympics is the parallel Olympics. Like it's running on like a parallel track kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah, there's I a think, lot yeah. of confusion there. Also with the Special Olympics, there's a lot of um, true. Everyone's kind of just like, what is what? They know the Olympics, but then um, beyond that, there's a lot of confusion. Right. So are most of your interviews with Paralympians or do you mix it up, you know, between Olympians and Paralympians as long as they're women? That's like really what is your niche? Yeah, so we do Olympians and Paralympians, and it was really important for us to cover both equally. Mm -hmm. um, we all the athletes are women identifying, so that's kind of the common denominator. Um, they also were athletes who were trying to qualify for the last two games. So um, season one was specifically focusing on athletes who were trying to go to Tokyo, which was the Summer Olympics and Paralympics. And then season two was athletes trying to get to Beijing for the Winter Olympics and Paralympics. Um, but yeah, it's really important to us to cover Paralympians just as much as Olympians, because again, if you look at that 4% of uh, the pathetic amount of media coverage that goes to women athletes in general, pretty much all of it goes to um, able-bodied athletes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so we know now about your first interview. <laughs> Who was your most memorable or most like interesting? Not memorable, because I'm sure they're all memorable, but who was you think like your favorite so far? That is so hard. I feel like you're making me choose amongst my children. Um, right, that's why I'm like, okay, let me make the right words here because I'm sure they're all amazing. Okay, uh, you know what? Let's not choose between children. What makes for like your favorite type of interview? Like what kind of okay. stories are your favorite or mm -hmm. personalities maybe? Sure. Um, so at a high level, we cover, we cover the woman, not the sport. So I think what is different about us is we actually use sport as a conduit to talk about what they care about. So it could be things like racial justice or pay equity or disability bias or the environment. So I think what makes a really good interview is someone who frankly really cares so someone who's really passionate about whatever it is and i come in basically saying i have no agenda i want you to tell your story the way you want it what whatever you care about so the best athletes that I've been most excited to talk to are ones who come in being crystal clear on i care about a b or c um, the other things that I love doing is um, in every episode, talking to family members, talking to coaches, talking to uh, teammates who can provide context on who the athlete is. 
Um, so for example, the other day I had the opportunity to interview Didi DeGroot, who is who just won her fifth uh, US Open. She's a wheelchair tennis player from the Netherlands. And I had a chance to talk to her coach, um, who knows her super well. Um, and it was really cool to kind of hear his take on, you know, what makes Didi so special. He works with so many athletes um, and how, you know, how she kind of gets up every day when there's good days and bad days. So that's, that's kind of a cool insider's perspective. Yeah, totally. I actually didn't know that you did that, that you spoke to, you know, not just the athlete, but the people like directly in their lives. That's really cool. I wonder if I should start doing that. But now I'm like, I don't know if I have the audio like set up to, to hear multiple voices at once. Yeah, it's definitely harder. It's more work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you go about finding new people to interview? A couple different things. Um, so our team is definitely growing. So I can't take all the credit for it. So we have a couple teammates who are specifically kind of owning that, which I'm super grateful for. But a couple different things that we look for. Um, number one, they have to be women or they have to identify as women. Um, so this is a platform to celebrate women athletes. Um, number two, they have to have a passion or a commitment to something greater than themselves. So I think there's so many incredible people out there. Um, it's important for us to elevate people who we consider to be role models and masters of resiliency who we can all learn from. So someone who has something going for them um, or is trying to make the world a better place beyond you know, just scoring goals or, or hoops or whatever it is. Um, we also, it's really important for us to have a super diverse roster of athletes. So that could be racially, culturally, geographically, religiously, um, in every, every sense of it. So um, we do work with quite a few American athletes or from athletes from the United States. I happen to be American, um, but it's also incredibly important to us to spotlight athletes um, from pretty much as many countries as we possibly can. Um, specifically trying to elevate voices of women from the global south because in general they probably get the least amount of coverage oh interesting so do they all have like agents or like media people like that you contact or your team contacts to like get to yeah <laughs> it's, it's kind of um a total crapshoot if i'm being honest uh -huh. total range um some of them do some of them don't um it's a lot of hustle it's a lot of uh, kind of grit, like following up with people, building trust, yeah. building relationships. Do you like slide into their DMs? Like how does that first yeah. conversation happen? Yeah. Sometimes um, it depends on who the athlete is. So um, something that's fun is we, you know, we put the household name, like a Sue Bird next to an athlete that, you know, no one's ever heard of before. Mm. Uh, and it's cool because those athletes are like, yeah, I'm on the same level. I've done that stuff. So for someone like a Sue Bird, for example, I can't just slide into her DM. She's not going right. to see that. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to find a, a way to uh, contact her agent and work through her agent. For lesser known athletes who have smaller followings, you can often slide into their DMs and they will reply to you. But it really depends on who the athlete is. Um, I've also been uh, this is going to paint me as like borderline creepy, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, whatever you're about to say, I'm sure we've all done it. <laughs> and like my determination to get to athletes be like, 
who are the who are like their friends who they'll respond to and then reach out to their friends. Um, so once that once we have like a target, an athlete who we want to celebrate, yeah. up, trying to find as many creative ways to kind of get to them as possible. Yeah, I actually like just realized what you said. You interviewed Sue. Well, yeah, Sue Bird. Yeah, I I know. I still like get goosebumps. <laughs> you interviewed Sue Bird. Yeah. Let's just say that again. So you, in other words, you're friends <laughs> with Sue Bird. In my dreams. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yes, we did get the chance to interview her. That's so cool. But that's awesome because cool. like you also interview people who, it's, you know what? My like fangirling over that is exactly your point where there are other athletes who are on the same, you know, they're doing that the same thing whose names like I don't know. And I'm not like so excited about because they don't have that coverage. So I like just fell exactly into what you are trying to like combat. Well, I mean, honestly, we're all the same thing. So like I, you know, I have that kind of reaction when I'm familiar with a, a certain athlete because that compels me to reach out to them to get yeah. them on the platform. However, what I've realized and one of the goals in talking to as many different um, women from different backgrounds and levels of, of fame as possible is, is showing that everyone has an incredible story. And it's sometimes the women from, you know, remote parts of the world who have the most interesting stories, who you've never heard of before. Um, and I had never heard of before, but you sit down and you hear their stories and how they got to what they're doing, what they care about and why they're doing it. And um, it's really humbling. And then it, it kind of checks me and, and um, reminds me that the people I'm drawn to are not necessarily always um, the, the ones who, you know, everyone has a story worth telling. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I actually, speaking of sliding into DMs, during the last Winter Olympics, I slid into an Olympian's DMs. Have you heard or maybe maybe you've spoken to her, Haley Cops? No. Yeah, she is a figure skater, an Olympic figure skater. She does the, I'm trying to look right now, I don't want to mess it up, pairs, the pairs skating. Okay. So Haley Cops, she's from New Jersey. I'm almost positive that that's true, but she's from America but she's an Israeli figure skater. She skates for Team Israel. And I thought that was so cool. I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You're like a Jewish girl from New Jersey, like me. (laughs) And you're in the Olympics and you're skating for Team Israel. That's so cool. So I slid into her DMs just being like, you rock. I saw you skating today. Like I saw, you know, you probably did it hours ago, but I just saw it on TV. (laughs) She was really sweet. You should message her. Okay, I definitely Reach will. Out to her. I'm going to tag her on this. Haley Cops, H-A-I-L-E-Y-K-O-P-S. Got it. Haley, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Haley, do you hear that? <laughs> she was really sweet. She answered. I think she's my sister's age, who, or like around my sister's age, who's 20. She's in college. Cool. But I think she was, my sister was the one who even told me about her because one of her friends is I guess a figure skater around here and they went to the same rink like they skated in the same area so she was like oh my friend is in the Olympics so that was really cool and I thought that was great Alrighty, so cool (laughs) I love that yeah so even like like I got excited about her because of her story she's like a I I like see myself in her you know what I mean that's why I'm so connected to her 
totally. but I doubt most people know, right? Like she was, she's a girl from New Jersey skating for team Israel, like one of the smallest, right. you know, <laughs> totally. Well, that's, that's exactly the point. I think when, when little girls or, you know, people our age see someone who kind of reminds them of themselves, it's really empowering and uplifting. You're like, wow. Um, so that's kind of, that's one of the reasons why it's really important for us to show lots of different types of people. So people from everywhere can see themselves, you know, achieving whatever that they want. Yeah. I'm just, I'm excited right now that I just name dropped Haley. <laughs> I hope you can interview her. That'd be so fun. <laughs> um, okay. Let's like change gears just a little bit. So as you know, our show is called Midweek Mom Talk. So I am a mom and I specifically kind of gear this show towards moms because we talk, but we talk really a lot about balancing like personal life with work-life responsibilities and being able to balance all the different hats that we wear is not specific Mm. to moms. It's just something that we have to do a lot. So I, and just to make it clear, I don't even like by work life, I don't specifically mean like that classic, you know, nine to five kind of a thing, but just anything, any kind of work, whether you're staying at home with the kids, keeping the house, or you have a business or like, you know, whatever your work means. Yeah. So how do you go about balancing the podcast interviews? And now you're saying that you're trying to grow it so it's more than a podcast alone it's a whole production it's a whole business right so going between balancing all of that plus your professional responsibilities and you also just graduated so you were doing this while you were still in school as well right correct what did that look like too like how did you go about balancing everything um well first of all I don't have a kid so or children yet um definitely one day that's the plan um, gotta find Mr. Right first though. Um, it, but so when I was balancing this plus the school, it was, it was a ton. So I don't know. I think it is so unbelievably impressive when people are doing that on top of, of children, um, doing whatever you're doing and, and having children too. I, I, um, I'm a little nervous about that, to be honest, um, school plus flame bears, it was a lot of scheduling. So I think I had to be really intentional about thinking about my week, um, in ways that I didn't used to be. So I used to kind of be more of a laid back schedule person saying, you know, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. And then realizing when you have so many more different things, kind of fighting for your time, you have to be a little bit more intentional, at least for me, to block out chunks and say, okay, from X hour to y, you know Y hour, I'm going to work on uh, flame bear stuff. And then I got to go to school and I have to write these reports and then I have to apply to jobs. So kind of blocking out times was really helpful in terms of keeping up my mental health. I think that was probably um, one of the most important things. And also one of the things that I found most challenging. Um, so the three big things for me are sleeping, so it's like getting eight hours of sleep a day, eating well, so not totally feasting on junk food um, or drinking too much um, and then working out. So like those for me are kind of my my bedrocks um, that, you know, there's days when things go off the rails and, you know, I'll, I'll eat a, a whole carton of ice cream and that's that. Uh, and it's kind of, okay, punt to the next day. But 
in general, I try to keep those three pillars roughly stable. Uh, and that yeah. kind of helped me get through. I am um, speaking of eating a whole thing of ice cream. It wasn't ice cream, but my baby, my baby, he just started like daycare preschool. And his very first day I had my schedule just completely empty because I didn't know what to expect. And I just was like a numb human that day. And I sat on the couch all day long eating um, carrot cake and watching Bachelor. And that's how I got this first day of school. <laughs> I honestly, that sounds incredible. So it was relaxing. I mean, even it was like, you know, not the healthiest, but like for my mental health, it was perfect. And I needed that break because in yep. a sense, I've been working like 70 hour weeks minimum uh -huh. between like staying at home with my son plus my business for like almost two years. So I needed wow. one day to just relax. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, I, I love reality television. I think having a, oh, a, me way, too. To turn, a way to turn your brain off after no you wonder been, we get along so well. <laughs> no, seriously, like having a way to turn off your brain mm -hmm. after you've been so intellectually stimulated in other ways is, is the way to go for me. So like pouring a glass of wine and sitting down watching the bachelor, the bachelorette, bubble baths, candles, you know, those yeah. are my Yeah. I actually, so you were saying like, you're not sure or you're worried about like having kids and then doing your business too. I have interviewed a few women who started their business before having children. And then it seems like it was a, like a fine transition because it was similar to what you were saying when you were in school and scheduling between schoolwork and mm -hmm. business work. So they kind of did it the same way where they already knew like what they needed to do for business. And then they just like had to adjust that schedule. Mm -hmm. um, I started my business technically after I became a mom. So I was getting my doctorate while I was pregnant and finished okay. it when I was a mom already. But I started my business, like, I don't know, technically, not technically. I formed the business before I was a mom, but I didn't, like, really do anything with it until after I was a mom. And okay. I don't know if that was, if that makes it harder or easier, but it's definitely a transition now where, like, you have it set up already. Like, you have it established, whereas I'm, like, creating the foundation, or I was creating that foundation you know, Bob in his first you. year of life. <laughs> so both both of them, I think, are equally as difficult, but also like totally doable and people are doing it every day. So what I'm, so you, you were saying, and we kind of went back on this a bit, but that it started as podcasts, right? And yeah. now you're continuing with the podcast, but you want it to grow also. So what is like the whole picture, like the, the goal? What's the goal of this business? Totally. So the goal is to tell these women's stories. So women Olympians and Paralympian stories and how you do that, how we're doing that is expanding. So we started as just a podcast and we grew really fast. So we found right now we have listeners in 47 countries, which is just mind blowing. It's crazy. We also found that a lot of people want visual content. They want to see who's talking. They want to see what they look like. They want to see if they can see themselves in them. So we're expanding into short form video content. Uh, we're posting that on our website, flamebearspodcast.com, and our social, um, Flamebears, uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, we're also doing some in-person and virtual events. And then lastly, we're launching a Flamebears Fellows program. So what this is, this is basically um, 
a three-month curriculum, and I haven't shared this yet, so this is exciting, a three-month curriculum for women around the world to learn storytelling skills um, and to be champions of the brand. So essentially, it's like a three-month course where we're going to bring in guest speakers and equip the girls, the women, with uh, storytelling skills for how to tell stories uh, via audio and visuals. It's actually funny you said that because I was just at an event last night, like last night, <laughs> mm -hmm. and the keynote speaker there was a woman named Allison Lebovitz. I don't know if you've heard of her before, um, but, but she actually started off by saying, I'm not a public speaker. I'm a storyteller. And ah. that's exactly what it felt like. Like, yes, she was speaking publicly, you know, but the right. way that she said it, like it was she was creating these stories and it was the perfect combination and mix of like serious to comedy. Like it was just mm -hmm. amazing. It was really great. I'm definitely going to check her out. Yeah. She's awesome. It was a really, and she was like personable too. I met her before we, before the like presentation started and uh -huh. she was like a very like down to earth woman. She was great. Two name drops for me in one show. There you go. Allison Levitt. Is she an athlete? Because if so, I'll come for her too. <laughs> I don't know if she was an athlete at any point in her life. She lives in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Cool. <laughs> she is, um, she does a lot of like nonprofit work and um, I don't want to like say any of the wrong thing about her background, but yeah. I, so I don't, yeah, I'm just going to stop it there. She is a storyteller. <laughs> Perfect. Got it. That's correct. Okay, cool. I'll check her out. Hey. Excellent. <laughs> so Oh, I'm, I'm getting a notification. We only have like 10-ish minutes left. So let's see what we can do here. What is your, okay, let's kind of change a little bit again, mm -hmm. right? Shifting a bit. So as you've been mentioning, female athletes or women athletes, athletes who identify as women are not getting that coverage, right? So how do you think in general, whether it's athletes or in any space, how do you think they should or they can kind of stand out from the men in their in, in that environment? Like I'm an occupational therapist, right? But I'm also a, a woman and I'm I specialize in orthopedics. So most people are like, oh, like physical therapists do that. So that's like one doc against me. I'm an OT, not a PT. Then I'm also in orthopedics, but I am a woman, not a man. So it's usually like a male physical therapist is the one who is going to do like sports rehab and like ortho. So I have to, I feel like I have that pressure. Like I had to get my doctorate. I have to have this successful business. Like I have to show that I can work out and I have like sports background. I have to prove myself, right. To show them that I can do whatever a male PT can do. So what is your advice or do you have any advice <laughs> if I had that cracked, I would be like Oprah. I, unfortunately, I don't have, have the ability. I wish I did. Cause it's, I really struggle with that. Every, every athlete I've talked with feels that pressure. They, they feel like every time they step on the court or the field, they are not just playing for themselves. They're, they're literally playing for, um, for all women, for all minorities, for all, whatever it is. I've talked to so many athletes who every single time they, they step onto the pitch, they're like, people look at me and they think I'm immediately less than, so I have to do a good job. Otherwise I'm going to let down my community. 
I don't know how to combat that, to be honest. I think them doing it is, is changing the game. And I think people seeing that and realizing that um, they can be uh, women and from all different backgrounds and that they're killing it. I think that's the best way forward. Um, I wish I could say, you know, A, B, and C are the steps forward, but I think, I think we just need more of us actually doing it. And then I think we need allies to realize that, um, you can be a, what, what was the role you said you have? You, a woman OT? Yeah. Yeah. I'm an OT. You're an OT and that, um, you could not be into sports and that's great. And like, that doesn't make you any less than. Totally. So then would you say, I have my next little like note here. I was wondering before, right, if you would think that like kind of not like showboating in a negative way, but just like making a lot of noise, right? Like letting, getting that noise, letting people know, like I'm here, I can do, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you think that is an okay approach or is it better to kind of like keep your head down, do what you got to do. And then people will notice and appreciate like that respect and like the work ethic. You know, it's, it's really hard. Um, are you asking me personally what my approach is or because I've worked with athletes who have all different approaches. So, mm-hmm. and I think my goal is to put them all on the same platform and to say, Hey, these are all different models of success. Cause they are women, badasses who are killing it. Yeah. Um, that said, that's different than like how I go about, you know, me as Jamie, how do I go about my day-to-day life? I, in general, tend to be more of a behind the scenes, quiet person, get your work done and let it speak for itself. That said, I will never, ever, ever in a million years, knock the showboater, the per actually, and I wouldn't even call them showboaters, people who just like own their work and are like, yeah, I'm, I'm awesome. And you should know about me because I think that's really important. And guys do that all the time. Um, and I would never, ever, ever put anyone down who did that. So I think it's kind of personal preference. Um, but me personally in kind of my day-to-day life, I kind of, I like to, uh, do the work and let, let it speak for itself. But for me, that's just kind of my, my personality style, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Why do you think it is even that men just like naturally have that light whereas like we need platforms like what you and I have you know because women are (laughs) I have no idea I have no idea I don't know I it's probably some mix of nature and nurture I feel like I I don't know enough about the the biological and the sociological differences between men and women that create that um but yeah in general uh, I wish more women were actually more owned their stories because I think it comes from a place of, of deep power. Talk about balancing. I just had to change rooms <laughs> because of chaos behind me. And now you there can go guest room. <laughs> so I want to make sure that we talk about you and I want all the listeners to know where they can find you. So is do you have like a website or are your podcasts available on like certain platforms? Totally. Um, we're available on all podcasting platforms. So Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's called flame bears, F L A M E bears. And the idea there is that these are women who are carrying the torches forward for their sport and for their respective issues that they care about. 
Um, you can also find us on social, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, under Flamed Bears. That's awesome. Okay, I'm definitely going to find you on there too. Are you on yeah. Instagram as like yourself or on Facebook? So I'm on Instagram as myself, Jamie Middleman. Definitely give me a follow. I will follow you back. Would love to chat with you anytime. And if, you, if you're listening and you have ideas for athletes, um, like Haley, if you have an athlete who you really resonated with, shoot me a DM. Let's make it happen. Okay, that sounds great. Oh, I'm definitely going to see if I can tag her in this and get you to connect it. That would be cool. <laughs> I would love that. You have your great. second season is, is launching soon, right? You were saying? Um, yes, October 5th. Oh, okay. Excellent. It's October 5th. Yep. Excellent. That's across all of the, the podcast platforms. Do you have a launch date or idea in mind as far as the expansion, like when the programs and courses are going to come to light? Yeah. So we're already working on the video on video production. So we have a video trailer that's going to be launching in the next couple of weeks. Um, and we're actually launching our fellows program next week. So we're, we're going to be soliciting applications for anyone. So if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, that sounds really cool. I want to take it, take that program. Um, definitely apply. So essentially it's going to be open next week. It's a three month curriculum where we bring in guest speakers um, from around the world to talk about storytelling, video, video, and audio production. Wow. That's really cool. I hope you can get in touch with Allison because that could be a really cool connection for oh, cool. that program, okay. perhaps. I don't um, know like about her work schedule or anything like that. So I'm not making any yeah. promises, but okay. she could be just an interesting person to talk to or resource or something. Totally. Um, I didn't even realize how like big of a production you were putting on here. Like I knew it was podcasting and you wanted to expand, but you're not just like thinking about expanding. You're in full-blown expansion mode. We're running. We're, we're, we are uh, definitely going for it for sure. (laughs) What, um, if you have a, a minute, I just have a couple more questions about that. You, you mentioned, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going nowhere. Oh, good. (laughs) You mentioned when you, um, that you were in school and you were doing podcasting, but you were also applying to jobs. So are you, are you doing the flame bearers full time now, or are you working like various other gigs? So I'm, I'm doing this full time and this is, I'm trying to make this my full-time job. So currently in the process and the hunt for sponsors. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, this is so aligned with our brand, we're looking for companies, organizations who also like to uplift women um, from diverse backgrounds to sponsor some of our work. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to make this possible. It's definitely scary because, you know, I've historically had a more traditional nine to five job where you go into an office and you, you know, you get a the consistent paycheck. And that's not what this is like, you know, this is full blown entrepreneurship mode where, right. um, there's, it's, it's scary, but, um, I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely scary. But also just like the scariness of it is I think what makes it so addicting. It's like so fun and exciting. Ah, I feel the same way. And it's like, every day is different. And I used to, now it's like, every day is exciting and that's fine. But when I was first starting out, while everyone else had like the Sunday scaries, I was so excited for Monday because it was a brand new week, a fresh week, and like literally anything could happen. And I thought that was so cool. 
<laughs> That's true. Uh, every day I wake up and I like check my email and my DMs and my messages. And I get so excited because I'm like, I put out all these feelers and do, did all this stuff the night before. And I have no idea what, you know, who's going to reply, what yeah. what's going to head out. So I totally understand. How big that. is your team? You have a team working with you. Yeah. So right now there's, um, there's, I have three teammates. So it's oh, Marissa, cool. Robbie, and Elizabeth, who is launching our fellowship program. Oh, that's awesome. You know, you were saying that like you used to have like a typical nine to five and such, but I also don't think that like what you're doing now, it's not, it's not like random you know like given your your major and what you studied in college you studied public policy like this is still in that realm of your educational background as totally. well totally so I think that's yeah, a really I, cool connection that's true and I, I worked for eight years before going back to school um in in the media technology space um working with charitable causes and women so definitely have um, a lot of professional experience in the space too, but it's fun to kind of give it a shot on your own. Yeah, definitely. I kind of brought that up because I feel like a lot of people and a lot of the, the listeners also on our show, they are moms primarily who are kind of like, I think I might want like a career change or I have kids. So like, I want to stay with my kids, but like, I need to also make money. And a lot of people have yeah. this thought of, in order to start a business, like I have to have like a cool talent or like I have to completely change what like everything like I was, you know, sitting in an office and like, what do I do with yeah. that? Okay, nothing. Now I have to change it to something totally different. But that's not true. Like you and I have our educational backgrounds and we're our businesses are formed off of our backgrounds. I am an OT by background and I'm right. running an OT related business. Even doing this is not like the classic OT but we talk about balance and mindfulness and mental health and physical health, orthopedics. Like we talk about everything and we're sure. relating it to women and that's who I work with. So like, it's not the typical OT setting, but it's still yeah. related to my background and you're doing the exact same thing. It's related to, it's very much related to your media background. Totally. Totally. <laughs> but it's also in yeah. public policy. I think it's really cool. Um, I think one of the, the, the blessings of COVID, and I know that's not, I don't know, that's, that's hard to say, but, but at least for me, one of my takeaways is that I used to think of my professional career um, in a very linear way. And I didn't used to think, I think I'm now thinking more outside of the box in terms of what I understood a career could be for me. Um, yeah. I always thought of it as, you know, you apply to a job and a recruiter says yes or no. And now I'm, I'm saying, these are my skills. Uh, maybe actually I can create something that aligns with them. Definitely. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think there's so many people out there who have incredible skills and talents that, you know, they could be applied and they could be harnessed um, in a lifestyle that works for them. So, you know, I imagine if, you know, if you're a mom and you have a super packed schedule, that being able to go into the office is not going to work out for you. So, you know, after COVID, I think there's so many more um, people and organizations who are open to adaptable work schedules and work styles. Yeah, definitely. I mean, before COVID, when I told people I wanted to like have my own thing and have a lot of it, a lot of it be virtual because I wanted to reach moms like anywhere and on their own yeah. schedule and on their own time, people were like, 
who would work with you virtually? And I was just like, the people who need to. And then after COVID, people were like, oh, you should work with people virtually. And I was just (laughs) like, thanks. That's that's a great idea. Brilliant. (laughs) Guess who said that five years ago? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We were doing it before. It was cool. But yes, definitely. Um, I think yes, that's an interesting. You're just ahead of the curve. (laughs) I try. (laughs) Very cool. Well, thank you for being with us today. Again, it's Flame Bearers is the podcast and the business. Are you ever? I don't know if this was a thought in your head at all. But while we were talking just quickly about business and women, do you think you'll ever have maybe a branch of your business be towards helping? women not just create stories and you know share their stories but also to open their businesses maybe like not like business coaching but like something along those lines I've never thought about that to be honest um never say never so totally a possibility we have worked with um a number of athlete entrepreneurs so women who have opened or are opening businesses. And it's really cool to tell those stories because they're often pigeonholed as like, you're just an athlete. And I think so many people are like, screw that. I'm also an entrepreneur and a businesswoman. I had one woman start a makeup line and she's like, I'm also a super girly girl and I want to be the athlete and the girly girl simultaneously. Um, hadn't thought about that for flame bears though. So I'll definitely give that some thought. Interesting. I was actually going to ask that next, if you've had any athletes who are entrepreneurs, I know that a lot of the athletes who aren't like the, like super, you know, well-known ones, they actually like don't, since they don't get a lot of media coverage, they also don't get that like income that those big time athletes get. So that's where, right. They get most of their income from like the sponsorships and like brand deals and stuff. So I wondered if, you know, maybe some of them would be looking for something like that, like an entrepreneurial journey with, guidance from a successful female entrepreneur. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, what's interesting is before this work, I didn't realize how little athletes were paid. Um, and specifically women athletes where most of them can't live off of, off of their salaries. So the vast majority of people that I speak with and I work with, um, have secondary or tertiary jobs are actively looking for sponsorships are constantly applying for grants. Um, so right now being like a professional woman athlete, um, is frankly kind of unlivable for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. And then they're also spending so much of their just day to day doing that, like doing the training and the practice and then the tournaments or games or an Olympics, like when yeah. do you even have time to then have a, another job, right? Quote unquote, to fill in that paycheck. Totally. Crazy. Um, okay, yeah, they I don't think, have time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what do you even do there? Okay. Ooh, final wrap up question. Is there anyone who you haven't interviewed yet who you would love to, like someone that's on your list, on your radar? Naomi Osaka, hands down. I would, I would love, love, love to interview Naomi Osaka. Yeah. Even I know who that is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's rocking. 
She is. She just started her own her own company too. So um, an incredible role model in so many ways. Wow. Yeah, that would be very cool. Hoping you get that. Thank you. Tag her. <laughs> Ooh, I will. Naomi, we're coming for you. Coming for you. I wonder if she is someone that you could like slide in or if she is like a big enough quote unquote name that she has like people. <laughs> she, she has people. She yeah, has she definitely people. has people. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe her people will see us and be like, oh, those ladies seem cool. <laughs> yeah, we're very cool. I think so. Well, it was really great getting to know you. I feel like, you know, we've only been friends for an hour, but I feel like we've been friends for a long time and we are officially friends now. Love it. I'm <laughs> the same. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. Another episode of Midweek Mom Talk on 360 Talk Radio for Women. We were just talking with Jamie Middleman, who is the founder of Flame Bears Podcast. And I'm Dr. Jackie, the founder of Motion Spot LLC. Before I sign off, I just want to make sure I tell you all some really exciting news. So as you know, this show is on 360 Talk Radio for Women. And da 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 this network has actually expanded and it is now 360 Network for Women. You can find everything you need from this entire organization at www.thenumbers360networkforwomen.com. Everything on there will include all of the radio episodes from 360 Talk Radio, the podcast episodes, 360 Podcasts for Women, as well as 360 Summit Podcast and the 360 Mentor Collective. Everything will be available on that website all together. So again, it's a very exciting step in this network and in this radio show that we are expanding so much between radio and podcast and even video and summits so thank you so much for tuning in and i hope you continue to do so and i will leave you all with that good news and i will hopefully see you next week by see you i mean you will hear me that's wednesdays 10 a.m eastern 7 a.m pacific on 360 talk radio for women which is now 360 network for women. That's all for now. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.